God. You may be seated tonight. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. So appreciate them tonight. Hallelujah. Have your Bibles tonight. I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter number 5. I want to start reading in verse 25 tonight. Everybody happy this evening? Amen. All three of you. Praise God. All right. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 5. And we're going to start reading in verse 25. It said, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him and uh, in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But that his disciples said to him, You see this multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. Praise God. Tonight I want to talk to you on this subject, faith in the word. Faith in the word. Amen. Father, thank you for the privilege tonight to be able to share your word. Thank you for allowing us to come into your throne room and serenade you with our praise and with our worship. And we pray for the next few moments here as we come into your eternal word tonight. God, that you will speak to us, speak to us prophetically. Give us spirit revelation and understanding of your word. Allow us to have glimpses of your word that we have yet to see and understand and comprehend. That we may know the heights and the depths and we may know you in your goodness and your grace. And we give you praise and thanks for it tonight in Jesus' wonderful name. And amen. Amen. Here we see that there is uh, a woman, no doubt, as you have heard it preached many times, about this uh, difficulty in her life. But what I want to look at here tonight is to see that this lesson begins uh, being taught here, gives us different levels of faith. And while this story is about healing, it isn't all about healing. Amen. What what is being taught here is a principle that is not only used in that of healing, but it can be applied to every area of your life. Amen. I have uh, talked to you before from this story because in this story there is a picture of the church. Uh, While one generation has issues that cannot be healed from, there is another generation that is dying at the doorstep of the church. And we see that this woman has an issue for 12 years. 
and she has this issue that has not been able to be healed by the physicians. In other words, the worldly system isn't able to bring healing or help to it. But there is one that is able to heal it, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. He is the one that brought healing to the church. Can you say amen? And so this woman that was 12 years been over, we see that she has issues. It is a picture of the church. And at the same time, this, there is a little girl that has been alive for 12 years, and she is about to die. Amen. Could it be the reason that Jesus stopped and took care of the woman first is because he knew that there was no need going to another generation and speaking healing to them to bring it into a body or into a system that had issues that was causing it to bleed and to die. Oh, God, don't waste his time. He, whenever he fixes a thing, he fixes it right. Amen. People talking about these gold teeth and, and all of this stuff. Well, I, I, I tell you now, God might do that, but I'm going to tell you if God gives me a gold tooth, I'm going to get mad. Whenever he fixes my teeth, I want ivory back in there. He can put the gold in my pocket. Amen. And so God, whenever he fixes a thing, he says, there's no need of me going and healing another generation when the gen previous generation has been over and bleeding and dying. And so therefore, I've got to fix, I've got to bring healing to the, the, this generation so that when I raise this dead generation up, they've got somewhere to go to. They've got something to connect with. They've got a body that, of believers that can walk out their faith with them. Amen. And I'm telling you today, if there ever was a generation that is dying on the doorsteps of the church, it's the generation that we are in tonight. Amen. I've never seen a generation. I'm not that old, but I've never seen a generation so bound up as the generation that is, we are faced with here today. Amen. Generation that is bound up with drugs and bound up with pornography and they're bound up with drinking. They're bound up with the filth and addictions of this world. Amen. That have hindered them and limited them and they are controlled by these things and they are dominating their life and God has to raise up and bring healing to a bent over church that is bleeding to death and speak life back into us and say, rise up and take up your bed and go to that generation and tell them that if God fixed me, he can fix you too. Amen. Hallelujah. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for us to quit being weak and anemic and pathetic, but it's time for us to rise up from our bent over state, state in our lives and say, Hey, I'm not just here to maintain, not just here to hold on, but I'm here to enforce and impose the kingdom of God upon this earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, we, we get too passive and we just want to hold the fort till Jesus comes. The devil is a liar. You can hold your fort if you want to, but the Bible tells me the kingdoms of this world 
have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. So therefore, he's telling me that the kingdom of God will be greater in the last day than every other kingdom in the world. It'll be bigger than the banking kingdom. It'll be bigger than the sport kingdom. It'll be bigger than the government kingdom. Amen. God's got a kingdom that will be imposed upon this earth. And when it is and we realize who we are, we'll raise straighten up like that old woman and we'll realize we don't have to go in bent over, but we can walk in the anointing and the authority of the Holy Ghost and stand in our feet and say, greater is he that is in me than the world that has come against me. Hallelujah. You see, I also want to extract from this story tonight a lesson of faith that is being taught here by Jesus. We know that there are different levels of faith in the Bible, and that can be taught in different areas, and and we have perhaps even talked about that before. But I want to tell you, see here today that Jesus tells us that there are different levels of faith. He tells us, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Amen? And so if you only can believe, then all things become possible to you. But you have to have faith. Faith is the currency that works in the kingdom. Your money don't work. Huh? Your talent don't work. Your giftings don't work. All of that is things that God uses and operates. But you see, it is your faith that causes you to experience the moving of God in your life. Amen. And so we've got to have faith inside of us for God to operate. I want to look at the first level of faith is having others pray for you. Having others pray for you. Whenever you just get started on this journey. Can y'all handle this? I can't preach this on Sunday morning because we got some babes and they won't understand. Amen. But whenever you first get saved, you got to have somebody else pray for you because you don't have the faith to get it done yourself. And James 5 and 14 said, is any sick among you? You don't have faith? Then he said, let them call for the elders of the church. And they will lay their hands upon you and anoint you, amen, in the name of the Lord. And so this is the first level. This is not to be demeaning. This is just an entrance into the kingdom. This is just the entrance into Christendom. That whenever we are babes in Christ and we are just getting started on this journey, then we can, and we don't have the faith ourselves to believe that God is able to do a thing, then we can call for the elders to come and to pray for us. And God will hear their prayer and he will answer them, amen, and move on our behalf. You see, you remember the story of the four who brought their friend to Jesus? Their friend, it don't say anywhere in the scripture that their friend even thought that he could be healed. But the Bible said when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, in other words, he he didn't have the faith for himself but because he had some friends that had faith. Oh, it's good to have brothers and sisters on your side. It's good to have somebody that can come into agreement with you. 
and understand that even though I may be in a weak season of my life and even though I may not be there yet, that I can have my brother, my sister to join me in prayer and God will take their faith and begin to liken it unto me and cause me to have a victory in my life so that I can have the faith the next time to reciprocate that same kind of love to somebody else and say, hey, I know you're sick and I, you see, Anybody can have faith as long as you've only been sick a day or two. But lay up in the hospital for six months. Lay up in the house and have to go to the doctor for a year, two years, three years, and nothing looks like it's changing. And suddenly you begin to feel as though this thing is never going to happen. But it's then that we need somebody else to join our faith, their faith with ours. And we believe God that even though that I may be weak and I may not be able to believe, my brother, my sister is going to believe for me and I am going to get the victory over this situation. Glory to God. Amen. The second level of faith is that of laying on of hands. The first level is you call others and say, join me. Now that doesn't, and, and I, I'm telling you this, I'm going to preach on Wednesday nights. And you just got to take it all line upon line and precept upon precept. Because in these principles, there is something about the power of agreement, you understand. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm believing that you already understand that I'm not limiting that. But now we come to this second level of laying on of hands in Mark 16 and 17. And he said, these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they'll cast out de demons. They will uh, speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, no harm will come to them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The, the laying on of hands is a doctrine that is given to us uh, to... For us to come to a place where that we are able to release our faith. Laying on of hands gives us the time to release our faith. It gives us the moment to release our faith. It gives us a moment and a time where we can release our faith in unity together. That when I lay my hands upon you, that's the moment to believe. For the miracle to take place. Whenever I lay my hands upon you, that's the moment to release your faith and expect God. You see, when I come to a time of prayer, I don't come to come and ask God to do a thing. I've already got past that and I'm coming into a place where that when I lay hands upon you, I'm expecting there to be an activation of the Spirit that there will be a manifestation of the power of God. That at that moment, as that woman touched her, the hem of his garment, it was her miracle moment. It was her moment to release her faith. And she said in herself, when I touch the hem of his garment, that's when I'm going to release my faith. So whenever we come to times of prayer, it isn't a time to come and beg and ask God and say, oh, I hope you will. If you're still hoping, then you need to get up in the Word, baby. Amen. But when you come, come expecting. When are you going to receive? The moment that I come into agreement with the Word. The moment that I release my faith, something is going to be activated in the Spirit. 
And so the laying on of hands is that for a point of contact in which the healing will take place, in which the miracle will be released. Hallelujah. You see, the woman had an issue, but she also knew that there was a spirit of expectation in her. You see, God has a, has a way of setting you up if you can only believe. The Bible says of Zacchaeus that he was a short man of stature and he couldn't see where Jesus was. But he had enough sense to know where he was going. Sometimes you've got to, in this faith walk, you can't just be looking for where he is. You've got to be like the sons of Iskar and know the times and the seasons and know what you ought to do. And, and he said, I, don't, I can't get to where he is, but I know where he's going. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Not only did Zacchaeus know where Jesus was going, but God in his uh, 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 no, uh, all-knowing mind planted a sycamore tree. How many years ahead of time so that it would grow up so that Zacchaeus could run over there and climb up that tree and talk to Jesus that day. And he said, when I get up there and I see him, that's going to be my miracle moment. I want to tell you that God will set you up if you are hungry after him, if you are pursuing after him. He will enable you. You may not get to where he is, but you can catch him on his way to where he's going. And if you have that discernment in your spirit, God will raise you up and he will bring you to a place where that you say, hey, I believe that God is working in my life. I believe that he's ministering on my behalf. Why? Because God is teaching me that if I will only believe, all things really are possible to me. Amen. You see, the doctrine of laying on of hands is not just for healing, but it's a moment for you to release your faith with others. And whatever you're believing for, when that you agree and there's a laying on of hands, then that's the moment for you to receive. Acts, the Bible said in Acts chapter 19 and verse 6, he said, when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. When did they receive the gift? When the laying on of hands. But the gift was already there. It just had to be activated. There just had to be a moment to respond in faith to the gift. That was already available. And so Paul said, this is what's going to be your sign. When I lay hands upon you, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to flow in the gift that God is releasing into your life. Glory to God. And so I want to tell you tonight that this woman in our text here in March uh, chapter 5 steps into another level of faith. Not only did she have the faith to say, come and believe with me. Not only did she have the faith to say, if I can get somebody else to agree with me. Because we know the power of agreement. Where two or three agree upon any one thing in faith believing, it shall be done unto them. Amen. You, you, and so whenever we uh, begin to believe God for that, there is a power in agreement. But there is another level of faith. Because sometimes you can't get a hold of the elders. 
And sometimes there isn't nobody to pray for you and lay hands upon you. But there is another realm of faith. There is another place that you can go to where that you don't have to have nobody agree with you. That you don't have to have nobody lay hands upon you. And that third level is having faith in the Word. Now there's some people that have faith in faith. Y'all quiet tonight. That's all right. Y'all can sit there like mummies, but this is how I'm going to preach every Wednesday night. So you can get with it or just look at me. Amen. I'll get me some Mormons in here and get them saved. They'll be happy about it. Amen. Don't mess with me. Glory to God. Have faith in the word, not faith in faith. Some people think they've got all this faith and whenever it comes down to it, their faith hasn't produced nothing. Are you hearing me? If you have faith, then your faith will produce. It's going to produce some fruit somewhere along the way. Glory to God. This woman was operating in a faith that she had not been taught. She just believed what Jesus said. In our text, the Bible said that she heard. Hallelujah. You see, she didn't see it, but she heard it. Some of us say, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. Other people say, well, if I just if I just knew somebody that got healed of this, then I could have faith in myself. But she just heard. What did she hear? Maybe she heard that Jesus had healed the blind man. Maybe she had heard that Jesus had healed the lepers. Maybe that she heard that Jesus had, had delivered those who were in captive and a captive spirit was controlling them and he had set them free. I don't know, but she had heard something that caused faith to come up in her heart. And she had an element of faith and a realm of faith that said, I'm going to believe his word. I'm going to believe that he can do what he said he would do. I believe that his word that he said that I, that he would heal the sick everywhere he went. So I believe that he's doing it. I believe that he is able to deliver. He said that he is a way maker. I believe he's a way maker. He said that he was a problem solver. I believe he's a problem solver. Amen. He said that he would make a way there where, where there was no way. That he would cause the crooked place to be made straight and the, and the high place to be made low. Amen. He said that he was the way, that he was the healer, that he was the deliverer, that he was the Messiah. And so his word is good with me. I'm just going to believe him at his word. Hallelujah. Now follow me here because she didn't uh, have no Bible to read. Amen. Y'all scholars, right? You're here on Wednesday night. She didn't have no Bible to read. All she did was heard that Jesus had done something. But somewhere she had heard enough that faith rose up in her heart and she believed God for a miracle. Amen? How do I know that? Because in verse 28, for she said in her heart, if I can but touch 
the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Amen. She knew that she had no right to ask Jesus to come to her house because she was an unclean woman. Right? She was bleeding and she was unclean. And so she was uh, legally was not able to go and even talk to Jesus. She would been bent over with this issue for 12 years. Amen. After 12 years of having something, you if you're not careful, you'll buy into the fact that that's the way it's always going to be. And you've just got to learn to live with it. Amen. And here she was for 12 years bent over in her life. But now she looks and she says, hey, I know that I'm hurting. I know that I'm broken. I know that my life is a mess. I know I don't have nothing to offer Jesus. And I don't want him. He don't have to pray for me. He don't have to lay hands on me. I've got enough faith that when I touch the hem of his garment, he don't even have to stop in the road. He don't even have to know that I've touched him. But my faith says when I touch the hem of his garment that I am going to be made whole. Glory to God. I want to tell you tonight that if we would have that kind of faith, we that have heard the Bible over and over, again. We that have seen signs and wonders and miracles. We that have seen the word on television and radio and set up under sound doctrine and yet we still limit ourselves because we doubt. But I want to tell you tonight to starve your doubt and feed your faith and rise up and believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything that you're able to ask or even think. Your mind can't comprehend. Your eyes have never seen. You don't even know how to fathom what God is able to do. Just stretch your faith out tonight. Dare to believe and expect God to do a miracle in you. Amen. She, she said he don't have to stop. I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment and let him slide on by. And whenever I get done, I'm going to be healed. Amen? It's not that he didn't want her to have this healing. But she made up in her mind. She said, I'm so bent over. I'm such a mess. I'm not going to even take and touch him. But there is something about being down that will cause you to press into the presence of God. There's something about being bent over with the pressure of the day, with the situations that you're facing and what you're going through. There's something about the pressures bending you over that will cause you to understand, I don't have the strength in myself. I don't have the ability myself, but I'm going to get into the presence of God. That's the reason why, Larry, I've learned how to thank him. For the trials. Thank him for the difficult times. I've learned how to thank him. I didn't say I liked it, but I learned how to thank him when people rose up against me. Because if they didn't push on me, I'd have never got in to the presence of God. Amen. If they never caused any opposition, 
that I'd never got in and sought the face of God like I did. But I learned, praise God, that it's through every adversary and through every difficulty and through every trial that I face that causes me to know God in the greatness of His power and the fellowship not only of His suffering but of His resurrection. Hallelujah. And so I learned how to go and get a, get a, a gift certificate at McDonald's because I didn't want to bless them too much. Get them a $5 McDonald's card and send them and say, thank you. Because if it had not been for adversity, I'd have settled for less. But I know him tonight like I know him, not because of the mountaintops. But I know him tonight like I know him because of the valleys. I don't know him tonight like I know him for every prayer that he answered instantly. I know him like I know him tonight for the prayers that he withheld answers to. And caused me to continue to seek after his face. You see, but there's something about Pastor Jack seeking after God that will cause you to be able to extract something from him. Hallelujah. It's not that he didn't want her to have it. He wanted her to be healed. But you see, this only comes to hungry people. This only comes to the seekers. He said, he that asks, he shall receive. But watch this progression. He that seeks shall find. But he that knocks the door will be open unto him. It is the progression of faith. There are some people, all they'll do is ask. But somebody else says, they won't answer me, so I'm going to seek them out. They won't come to where I'm at. I can't find them, so I'm going to go there and I'm going to knock. And the, and the original translation says, they're continuing are knocking. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God's looking for some people tonight that have a faith that will believe his word that when he asks and you don't see it and you seek and you don't see it that you just keep on knocking on heaven's door until the answer comes into your life. Amen. I also believe this woman came just in time to build the faith of Jairus. Who knows? Just maybe he'd have given up when his sorry old servant showed up and told her, don't bother, Jesus. She's dead. Just maybe he would have said, there's no use of coming had he not seen the goodness of the Lord. Had he not seen somebody grab a hold of the word and operate in faith and believe God for the miraculous. But thank God, this bent over woman showed up just in time to give Jairus a faith lesson that if you only believe, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. If you will believe that God is able to watch over his word and hasten to perform it. Amen. He was hanging out with the religious crowd. Right? It's in the synagogue. He's hanging out with the religious crowd. Jairus probably didn't have much faith. He had a lot of religion. But he didn't have much relationship. 
But we look and see that this woman showed up. This miracle took place right before his eyes. I don't, I don't know, but I believe that it was for a reason that Jairus would have faith to believe that if I stand on the word like that, my little girl's able to get up. Amen. And that's exactly what he did. When Jesus got there, amen, when we look the verse, in verse 35, the bad news comes. He didn't have uh, this faith of this woman. He said, if you go over there to my house and lay hands on her, right? Now, that's not a negative thing, but he wasn't in the level of faith that this woman was operating in. But he said, if you just go over there and lay hands upon her, I know she'll be well. And when Jesus got there, all the negative people were there. Whenever you make up your mind, you're going to come out of the mess you're in, all the negative people's going to show up. You can't tell everybody your dream because some people will kill your dream. They're dream killers. You can't tell everything you're believing God for because some people say, well, that's good, but whenever you grow up, you'll know, blah, blah, blah. Whenever I was young, I used to believe like that, but I'm educated now. And they'll just rain on your parade and try to get you to doubt. Right? They'll say things to you like this. They'll, they, won't, they won't want to think you to think that they're raining on your parade, so they'll just say, well, now, if you don't get your hopes up too much, then if it don't happen, you won't be disappointed. Huh? But God's looking for somebody that'll have faith beyond that. Verse 35, the bad news came, but when Jesus got there, all the negative people were around, the professional mourners were crying and boo-hooing. And what did Jesus do? The first thing he did is put them out. Sometimes you just have to put some people out. Sometimes you just have to look around you and say they're holding me back and I've got to put them out. Amen. When they're influencing you more than you're influencing them, it's time to put them out. Amen. You've got to put doubt out and say, I'm trusting God on this thing. I'm believing that God's word is true. And even though the circumstances may look glim, yes, she's blue. But God's word said that he is the life. And so we're going to believe his word. And we're going to believe his promise. And we're going to stand upon that. But the first thing i got to do is get out of this doubt out. I wonder who we'd have left in the church if we put all the doubt out. <laughs> I'm pastoring better than you letting on now. How much would we have left if we only had those who believe God at his word? I'm not standing here tonight to you saying, look at me. I'm here tonight telling you that we as the body of Christ need to grow up. And we need to come to another level of faith where that we believe the word of God no matter what the circumstances are. No matter if the, the body's dead, no matter if it's already turned blue, if God's word said that he's going to live, then he's going to live. Amen. 
chapter 6, Jesus goes to Nazareth. Watch this. In Mark 6, chapter and verse 4, it said, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not have no honor except in his own country and among his own relatives and his own house. Verse 5, And now he could not do many works there except that he laid hands uh, on a few sick people and healed them. The same Jesus that just raised the little girl from the dead and the same Jesus that just healed a woman that 12 years had been sick with an infirmity goes into Nazareth and can't do nothing. Why? Because they did not believe. Many times we say we're waiting on God. We wish God would show up. We just wish God, we wish, we wish. And all God's saying is if you would operate in the realm of faith. Some people say, well, I don't want to go to foreign country because I want to see miracles. Well, what's wrong with this here? All you got to do is believe. Huh? It ain't because they're super duper over there. You know why it's over there? It's because they ain't got health care. They don't have welfare. They don't have doctors to go to. Huh? They've got one chance, and that's God. And they believe the word. And because they believe the word in its simplest form, God responds to their faith and does something supernatural in them. Glory to God. The Bible said he wasn't able to do nothing in Nazareth but just heal a few sick folks when he, how he laid his hand up on them. They had very limited faith, but those who did, he healed them. But thank God, others embraced the revelation. Because this is the first time that we ever see this, uh, this faith that this woman ex- uh, began to uh, reveal. But the Bible said that, that this was, she wasn't the only one. But in Mark chapter 6 and verse 54, the Bible said when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him and they ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about all the beds of those who were sick and, were, uh, and they heard he was. Wherever they entered into a village, cities, and country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and began, begged him that he might just uh, touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well. You don't hear this preach very much. You hear about the woman, but she released a revelation that a nation no longer had to have hands laid on them. But I'm just going to lay him out there on the street. And as he goes by, I'm going to touch him. And healing flowed to all of them who touched him. Glory to God. Can I go one more step? Can I go one more level? Y'all got getting home on you lies. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. The centurion came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. You remember this? This is another level of faith. 
power of agreement, laying on of hands, believing the word, having faith in the word. But now watch this. This man comes to him and says, and Jesus says, yeah, I'll go to your house. And he said, no, there ain't no need of you going over to my house. Huh? Y'all walking with me? This is having faith in the word. He said, I'm a man of authority. I tell my servant to go and he goes. I tell another to come and he comes. He said, you don't have to go over there to my house. That'd be a waste of your time. He said, you just speak the word and my servant will be made whole. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that this came to another realm of revelation of faith that you don't have to go over there and, and lay hands on me. You don't have to agree with me. Amen. You don't even have to come and let me touch you. But all you have to do is release the word and if you will speak the word. I know my servant will be made whole. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you the Bible said that his servant was made that whole that very same hour. And we're waiting on a silver-tongued evangelist. Huh? We're waiting to get in another prayer line and all us down like a pig at the county fair. And God said, if you just have some faith and believe my word, listen to me tonight. If it's healing, you're not trying to get healed. Jesus already healed you at Calvary. What you're waiting on is the manifestation of the healing in your body. You're waiting on salvation. Salvation is already done. You're just waiting to receive that salvation as Him, Savior, Lord. Amen. You need the Holy Ghost. He's already given the Holy Ghost. You just got to say, here I am, and fill me with your Holy Spirit, and He will fill you tonight. Amen. See, I'm thankful tonight that we don't have to go to Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria. We don't have to go here and run there. We don't have to wait on somebody to come. But all we have to do is crawl up in the Word and find the Word for our situation and believe it. Hold on to it and say it's mine until the manifestation of that Word comes to pass in your body in your life, in your situation. Too many times we talk ourselves out of it before we ever get it. Because we want to popcorn Jesus. And if it don't happen instantaneously, then we don't think it happened. But I want to tell you, if you've ever prayed a prayer and believed God, then it's been activated if you've operated in faith. You may not see the manifestation of it yet, but don't turn loose of that word. You remember what he told Daniel? I heard you the first time. 21 days ago. And I've been trying to get the answer to you, Daniel, but there's been a war up here. You think the devil's just going to let you walk off with your family and sashay to glory? The devil is a liar. You think you're just going to go out and get healed and never have a fight, never have a... No, there's going to be a war goes on. 
But the moment that you release that prayer, the moment that you release it in faith, the answer is on the way, baby. You just got to hold on to that word, hold on to that promise, because there's a battle in the heavens, but God's going to bring you the answer. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean tonight that we don't agree with others or respond to the call. What it does mean is that when we hear the word, we agree with the word, respond to the word, and the word goes to work in our lives. Amen. But you just got to have some faith. People say, I don't have any faith. That's not true. Jesus said, if you're saved, that he gave you a measure of faith. Amen. And that measure of faith causes me to believe that if I can get to Larry and he agrees with me and lays hands on me, then I can be healed. That faith builds in me until I believe that if I can just get some people to agree with me and lay hands upon me, that that miracle is going to take place. And as it does, faith builds in me. Until I begin to walk with the Lord more and I begin to understand that if I can just touch him for myself, that the word's going to work in my life. Hallelujah. And then that comes that other realm of faith. God help us to get there. The centurion, Jesus said, I ain't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. The whole church, I've never seen this kind of faith. He said, I don't have to feel it. I don't have to touch it. I don't have to see it. Just speak the word. And I'll go back to my house. And my servant's going to be okay. God, give us that kind of faith. Thank God for the miracles. Thank God for the signs and the wonders. Thank God for the supernatural. But God, help me to come to a place where that I don't have to have all of that to believe. Just speak the word. And I know you'll do the work. Stand with me tonight. Glory to God. I can see right now I'm going to have to get me some African Americans. You white folk are too quiet. Uh, Rev, you got any? Can you help me out, brother? Huh? All right. Bring all your aunts and uncles and cousins, all of them. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the word works. I said the word works. It didn't say if I felt a certain way. Thank God for feelings. Thank God for experiences. Can I tell you, I've had people healed instantly when I didn't feel a thing. Just prayed the word, believed in faith, and God moved on their behalf. I'm telling you tonight, That whenever we will operate in faith, God's word will work in our lives. What is it tonight that you've been believing for? What is it tonight that maybe you've held on to for so long and doubt has already crept in to that situation and you begin to wonder if it even ever happened or not? What is it that you 
just need to dare to believe his word and hold on to that promise and say, God, I'm just going to dare to believe you. I'm going to dare to reach out tonight and believe that you are going to do this in my life for me.